Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 2nd. I'm your host, John June. And this guy to my left is Greg Penniman, a.k.a. G Money. Greg, how you feeling tonight, man? Doing all right, man. Uh, chilling, you know. Got uh, got some some NBA mode. No no football yet. Going to look forward to this Thursday Night Football, though. Uh, you know, got a, a team that's, that's steamrolling in the league right now. Uh, Philly, Philly's up right now, man. Got the Phillies in the World Series, too. Got the, you know, Sixers. Shout out to them. You know, they, they, they lost tonight, but. Yeah, the, and then you got the Eagles who are undefeated. So two of the three sports teams, you know, looking like they might be on championship bound, you know. I mean, probably a little early to talk about them them 76ers. Um, you know, All right, I'm not two, a basketball yeah, them, person, you know. <laughs> two, really, two of them. <laughs> but, you know, I know that my Celtics are, are going to, gonna do their best to make it out the east and and and, and make some noise so you know uh we'll see what happens but anyway enough for that that's the most basketball i'm gonna talk about on this show because this is a fantasy football podcast and we're here to talk about fantasy football it is week nine greg it's kind of crazy it's already week nine um so many teams on by this week we've got cleveland dallas denver the giants pittsburgh and san francisco so do not put those players in your lineup because they will not score you any fantasy points this week. Um, in terms of today, we are third breaking down Thursday night football. Uh, and, you know, sorry, we are recording this at like 9.30 p.m. at night. Uh, your boy had to, me, myself, had to travel. Uh, so I am trying to shuffle some things around, including this uh, this podcast schedule. So, um, you know, appreciate y'all for, for tapping in, however you are listening or watching or consuming, um, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whether you're watching live on Twitter, Twitch, or YouTube. So we definitely appreciate that. Uh, but continuing our week nine breakdown, you know, breaking down Thursday night football, a game between the Houston Texans and the Philadelphia Eagles. We are going to give out our streams of the week, and we always start with our quarterback position. Uh, Greg, who is your quarterback stream of the week this week? I'm going to go with Taylor Heineke. Uh, he's 9% rostered, sorry, 10% rostered uh, going against Minnesota. Um, you know, he's, you know, this week he, well, coming off a really good week last week, had 279 yards. Uh, touchdown against Indi in, in, in this Indianapolis um, going against Minnesota, a better matchup. I think a game that could be potentially a shootout. Uh, and I think he's just, you know, going to be safer with the ball not going to cause as many turnovers. So give this team extra possessions uh, to possibly, you know, not kill your day. And that's, that's kind of what you want. You know, a lot of teams don't buy. Uh, you want a team uh, quarterback that's going to give you a safe floor. I think Heineke can do that. Yeah. And he's, he's good for uh Terry McLaurin, which is which is nice for for Terry McLaurin managers. Um, my quarterback stream of the week going Marcus Mariota, uh, 30, 31% roster going up against the Chargers. And look, I know what you might be thinking. This is you know Mariota's been up and down, you know a little hit or miss. 
but this is multifaceted. Um, you know, first for the obvious reason, this game is tied for the second highest, uh, you know, total on the week, uh, 49 and a half according to FanDuel Sportsbook. And then Mariota, uh, you know, obviously he may have the element of, of having to try to keep up with the Chargers who, you know, albeit banged up on offense. Uh, Justin Herbert's still that dude, and and you know Austin Eckler is still there as well. So, gonna have to keep up with that with that Chargers offense as they keep, you know keep try to put up points against an Atlanta defense that isn't very good. And then the last part of this, which is I think the most interesting part and probably the pl- the place where we can most depend on here for Mariota, is that the Chargers are a terrible run defense, and that plays right into Mariota's strengths of him running the football. And so, like we said, Greg, you know, with a bunch of guys on by this week, Mariota has that type of variance um, that I think we should try to embrace in a week like this. Yeah, definitely. You know, I will help you always getting you that floor with that those rushing. Um, and, yeah, hopefully, you know, he can be part of the, the rushing plan for – continue to be part of the rushing plan for Atlanta, no matter what the game script is. For Arthur Smith, we know we know, we know he, loves, he loves to run that football, man. Uh, Greg, who's your tight end streamer of the week this week? I'm going to go with Cole Komet uh, going against Miami this week. Uh, he's 23% rostered. Uh, Miami, not a very good defense against the, uh, you know, the tight end position. Um, you know, say, you know, one of the bottom 10 teams in the league against that position. Cole Komet, uh, not heavy usage this year, but he got a, did get a touchdown last week. And, I'm, you know, I think this is, could be a, a pop game for him. Could be uh, probably one of those, you know, seasons, I mean, games where he gets uh, probably his best game of the season so far. So, Think that this is uh going to hit accordingly. Yeah, I, I like that. Cole Komet was, you know, somebody I liked coming in the year. Uh, has done absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. So like last week, but yeah, I think this is a, you know a solid solid stream for sure. Uh, again, weird week. Uh, I'm going with the weird stream here for my tight ends, and I did say plural. Um, Noah Fant. And or Will Disley uh, going up against Arizona. Um, 10% roster for Noah Fant, 12% roster for Will Disley. Noah Fant is my preference here, but he's currently questionable with a hamstring. Arizona allows the most PPR points to the tight end position over the last three weeks. And that includes a game in which they played Seattle and Noah Fant went six for four, six for 45 on seven targets. That was his best game um, over that three-week span. And so if he can't go, like I said, he's my preference. If he can't go, I do like Will Disley. And Greg, can you believe that that game with Seattle and Arizona was three weeks ago? Yeah, it was, felt like a long time ago with that, that score. Hopefully it could be... 19-9? I yeah. felt like it was like two weeks ago, but I guess, you know... Yeah, I don't know. Arizona played on like Thursday night football, so maybe like right after that game. So like maybe that's why it, it seems so close in my mind. But yeah, uh, Greg, what do you uh, what do you what do you thinking in terms of your defensive streak of the week this week? I'm going with these uh, those Los Angeles Chargers going against the Atlanta Falcons. They're 29 percent rostered, 28 percent rostered. So uh, just looking at the fact that you know they can get some sacks, uh, they can possibly create some turnovers. Uh, in a high-scoring game, that doesn't, you know, that also could take into effect a defensive touchdown possibly. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be uh, a back-and-forth game. Um, Mariota can, you know, still get with his uh, work and definitely 
all these other playmakers and stuff. They haven't been such an explosive offense. So uh, I think they can, uh, the, the Chargers could create some, some trouble. Yeah, Atlanta's definitely been an offense that we've picked on, um, you know, throughout the year. Uh, picked on, we, I say we as a fantasy community, but um, yeah, I definitely like that one. I'm going with a another under the radar one. Um, going with Carolina, who's 5% roster, going up against Cincinnati. And Carolina's a pretty good defense. I know, Greg, you and I were talking off air, but they are ranked as the 13th ranked fantasy defense, right? This is the same Carolina Panthers, which we've all, you know, crapped on for being one of the worst teams in the league, uh, one that we pick up and start defenses against. But this defense this whole time has been ranked 13th on the season. Um, and the spread isn't as bad as you would think, seven and a half points. But when you really look a little bit deeper, that's in a game where they're on the road, right? So Cincinnati is already getting three points for being at home. So it's really kind of like four and a half. So um, I'm projecting Carolina this week to have the fifth most sacks on the weekend. And, and you know, uh, Joe Burrow does take a lot of sacks. Um, you know, pressure leads to a lot, of, a lot of other things. He doesn't have, you know, Jamar Chase to, to spread the field as much as well. So, um, you know, I th- don't think that – I think Joe Burrow still has a Joe Burrow-like game potentially but i i do like carolina's chances to to wreak some havoc here and score some fantasy points for us yeah now having jamar chase you know definitely helps when he's on the field because you could just you know literally snap that ball take a three-strap app and just throw it up so uh, it's not as easy to take sacks that way yeah or just even throwing a quick screen because he's got so much space and he's a bulldog after the catch um yeah, they definitely missed Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow specifically. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Let's talk about Thursday Night Football, man. We got the 7-0 and Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Houston to take on the 1-5-1 and Houston Texans. This game has a 44-and-a-half-point total where the Philadelphia Eagles are 13-and-a-half-point road favorites here. In terms of weather, we're okay. In terms of injuries for Houston, Wide receiver Nico Collins, he's out with a groin injury. Uh, defensive tackle Malik Collins, he's out with the chest. Uh, guard Justin McCray out. Uh, linebacker Neville Hewitt also out. Safety Graylin Arnold also out. Um, wide receiver Brandon Cooks, who amid some trade rumors tweeted, um, you know, hmm. the, the Denny Carter perfect tweet, which talks about positions that tweet certain things and quarterbacks are always like i love god think you know thank you god i love my teammates uh running backs are like something about working out and stay grinding yeah, yeah stay grinding uh wide receivers or tight ends are derp <laughs> and uh wide receivers uh the enemy holds a Every time you just gotta read you gotta read between the lines, try to figure out you gotta decipher like what is he saying? And it that tweet so never fails. Right. It let it lives rent free in my head. Um if you if you <laughs> haven't seen it, you have to go check out uh Danny Carter's Twitter and it you, you just Google it, it rolls it it's rolling around on Twitter somewhere because it always comes up when tweets like this come up. But 
Um, anyway, Brandon Cooks, who was his name came up amid trade rumors, um, tweeted something out and um, was held out of practice. Uh, is on the injury report with a wrist injury. So, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to play. I don't have any other reason to assume he's not going to play. He's on the team. Like, he can't play for somebody else. And so, um, thinking they get this sorted out. But anyway, uh, Greg, where are you leaning with this game here on Thursday night? I'm going to take the over. I think I'm going to take Philly to cover and Philly to win. Um, yeah, on Houston side, I honestly, unless, you know, Nico Collins or Brandon Cooks, that's the only – oh, sorry, Damian Pierce as well. First of all, Damian Pierce, I, I think I can make an argument yeah. for him to always play. Nico um, Collins is out, though. Yeah, so – Damian Pierce, even if against a good D-line, uh, I think I'm going to put him in RB2, high in RB2 category. Uh, and then Dan Brandon Cooks, if he's able to play, he's more of a, you know, wide receiver four for me. Uh, secondary is really solid, I'm sure. He'll see a lot of Darius Slay. He'll see a lot of the secondary. And just in, in, in general, Philly's just a, as a whole good defense. So wide receiver three, wide receiver four. That, but that's about it. On Philly side, uh, on the Eagles side, you already know, Jalen Hurts. QB1. Miles, the Miles Sanders is, should have a, a smash by here. I think, you know, against Houston, this rush defense is pretty trash. Defense as a whole, but the, I think the rush defense is where their weakness is of the two. Um, so, Miles Sanders should have an excellent game in this spot. Um, and then receivers, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, uh, Dallas Goddard, those pass catchers seem like uh, they, A.J. Brown and maybe Devontae Smith taking, uh, you know, his turn, my turn. So, I think, you know, Devontae Smith has, a, has his day here. Uh, the attention is probably on going to be on AJ Brown. They don't Houston doesn't want to get someone to score multiple touchdowns on them again. So Devonta Smith should pop in this game as well. Uh, and Dallas got it tied in one. So I'm liking Eagles as always. Uh, yeah, they're 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 a good team. Yeah, I I lean under here. I take the Philadelphia Eagles to cover Philadelphia Eagles to win the game. On the Houston side, <clears throat> I think Damian Pierce. Still has upside, honestly. Um, you know, it really just comes down to the volume, which he, I think he should get. You know, has 89% of the team rush attempts over the last three weeks. But he's also got, and this is what we said he needed, he's got 16% of the team targets. And, and no Nico Collins. There's not a tight end that you could write home about on this roster right now. Um, Brandon Cook's banged up, like, in a game like this. in Philadelphia – you know, they, they've – running backs have had decent success against Philadelphia these last few weeks. You know, the, Philadelphia gives up the 12th most PPR points to the running back position over the last three weeks. And when you go look at the box scores, you know, they're giving up – you know, they gave up 50 yards rushing to to uh, Jalen Warren on, on limited work. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott got to 80 yards rushing on just 13 carries. Uh, Tony Pollard, obviously, he he's explosive and had his explosive plays uh, in that game as well. Um, and uh, I, I forget what the what the the previous oh, Arizona they gave up about 55 yards rushing on nine attempts to James Conner. So Damian Pierce is going to get volume. He should get work. Um, he should see targets with the 16% target share over these last three weeks. Like I said, so I really like his upside here. Um, but he's the only person I'm really excited to play. I mean, Cooks is probably a wide receiver three at best if he can go. But I, I think there's guys that you probably 
could look to in other games that may not have the floor that Cooks has, but have probably more upside than Cooks has in a game like this. Uh, on the Philadelphia side, Jalen Hurts, he's a, Q, he's a QB1 despite what looks like a tough matchup. I mean, Houston's allows the 30th most fantasy points to the quarterback position over the last three weeks, but um, you know, they're, they're not a great run defense and Jalen Hurts is going to, going to be involved in running the football. The two rush attempts he had last week, I think that's going to be the, the, like by far the lowest he has all year. Uh, AJ Brown, you know, he's a wide receiver one. I do agree with what you're saying. Him and Devontae, they, they, they could tend to flip flop and you're going to see that right with guys that have, you know, target shares this high, you know, they're, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, over 55% of the team targets, almost 60% of the team targets between two players. Uh, so, you know, that's going to fluctuate, I think, week to week. Um, you know, so Devontae Smith, he's wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. Dallas Goddard, he is a tight end one, I think, has um, – has top three upside this week. You know, Mark Andrews is banged up. Um, George Kittle's on by. Uh, so it's just him and Travis Kelsey. Really, Darren Waller's been banged up all year. So uh, he, he's really got top two upside, I think, this week. Uh, Miles Sanders in a fantastic spot. You know, if the game stays close and he gets enough, he gets, you know, enough work, he could have an RB1 type, type day. But if this game gets up to a blowout early, um, they'll be rolling in Boston Scott and and Kenneth yeah. Gainwell and yeah, you know, it's not going to really help anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Greg, you got a bold prediction for the people, or I, I should just call it a, what it is and just ask if you have a prop to make some people some money. I do like Devontae Smith's receiving yard total over uh, fifty and a half. Uh, he has done that. You know, three times this year so far. Um, but yeah, I think this is a game where he, you know, he, he gets that. Yeah, I like I like that one. I know that was one that uh, I definitely thought about as well. Um, for me, I'm gonna go with Dallas Goddard. Uh, his prop is, I believe, 49 and a half receiving mm-hmm. yards is the actual prop. But I'm gonna juice that up a little bit. We're going to go with Dallas Goddard, 60-plus receiving yards. That is plus 164 over at FanDuel Sportsbook. So um, nice plus money odds there. Um, you know, he got over 60 yards in five of seven games he's played. So That's uh, money. That's yeah, money right so I, there. I do, like, I do like this a lot here. So... Um, that will be my bold prediction, but uh, Greg, before we wrap, there was um, quite a bit of news that that happened over you know over the uh, the trade deadline, which is typically general generally pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. But this year uh, we had you know a decent amount of activity. Um, I think the the biggest trade that happened. Um, from a fantasy perspective was probably the TJ Hawkinson trade. That was the first trade that happened. Um, TJ Hawkinson ends up going to Minnesota and forgive me, cause I don't really have all the compensation in front of me. Uh, but I believe Minnesota 
sent over a second round pick um, along with a a fourth round pick in in the following year's draft, while Detroit sent over T.J. Hawkinson and a I believe it was a fifth round pick, or maybe I might have the fourth and the fifth round pick flipped in terms of which team gave up which pick. But essentially, Minnesota um, acquires T.J. Hawkinson at tight end from a division rival because. Irv Smith Jr., when he's not underwhelming, is injured. So, um, you know, on IR, going to miss, I think they said six to eight weeks. So Hawkinson slides in here to pretty much every down roll in a team that was already shoveling 11% of the targets to that position, which I think Hawkinson probably coming into this in Minnesota has – a much better situation than I think he's ever had in Detroit because he's going to have a situation here where they're going to utilize him because this offense utilizes the tight end and it's not going to be, well, one week he had, you know, 12 targets, but the following week he had just two targets. Um, Greg, what are your, what are your thoughts here on this, on this move? And do you think that this isn't, if you're a hockey, I mean, you are the Hawkinson manager, you know, like I don't know anybody with more Hawkinson stock than you. So how did you feel when you saw that trade go through? Yeah, I'm definitely uh, you know, liking it. I think he'll be in, you know, better situations, especially around the in the red zone area where Kirk Cousins is gonna give him opportunity to get touchdowns. Um he should get um just more opportunity throughout the game, a more consistent opportunity, uh, like you were saying. Uh so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely excited, especially uh he's got weapons around him too so uh attention won't be you know put on him um yeah i think it should it should be good uh a team that likes to pass the ball they do like to run the ball but uh hawkinson will definitely be used a lot you know i think they they really wanted to always get irv smith going uh and make him a tight end one but tj hawkinson should you know stay at that level and consistently yeah, I think this is definitely interesting, and it's I love the fit from from an offensive perspective. Like you said, they like to throw the football. They also like to run the football a lot too. And Hawkinson, you know, being a tight end, he was widely regarded as a, as a two way tight end coming out of Iowa. So I I think this really does this is a perfect fit for Minnesota, in my opinion, in terms of you know the space that it's gonna the space that's gonna be open for Hawkinson, but the space that it also opens up for guys like like a Justin Jefferson, right? Like, you know, you, you won't be able to, you know, linebackers and safeties are going to have to pay attention to Hawkinson because we know the the matchup threat that he is when he gets one-on-one opportunities. Yeah, he's got the long hair too. Looks like an actual Viking. Like he's, yeah. he's it's, it's all works out. Definitely. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about another pass catcher that's on the move and that's Chase Claypool ends up going from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. Uh Greg, what are your what were your initial thoughts on on this trade when it happened? Uh so yeah, I mean Claypool was probably a guy on people's benches, on people's waivers, uh coming into this trade after this trade. I don't see myself, you know, jumping for him. I think this might help Justin Fields a little more, uh, you know, he has a maybe possible downfield threat. Um, but I think I have to see see it, wait and see mode for him. I think he he could be a stash um, possibly. I think uh, right now, um, 
after this move. Uh, clearly, the Bears want to throw the ball more um, and be more more versatile. Uh, so I think best case scenario for him could be entering that wide receiver three category. Yeah, I think, you know, the, I definitely like this move um, for everybody involved. You know, Claypool is going from being like the, the, the third or maybe fourth target even on his team to now potentially being the second passing mm-hmm. option. Um, granted, it's going to an offense that doesn't really throw the football, but, you know, I think that there's going to be some, you know, maybe more downfield opportunities for Claypool than he's than he's had. Uh, you know, um, there was talks that Luke Getze, the, the, the offensive coordinator who came from Green Bay, envisions Claypool being somewhat of like an Alan Lazard type where he can play on the outside, but also they move him on the inside and use him as a blocker in the run game and things like that. And we've seen, you know, how creative Pittsburgh has been with Claypool in the past. So I think there's an opportunity here for Chicago to, to do some of those things with him. So from, I think from a dynasty perspective, I'm, I feel pretty good about this. It's tough because the, the offense is like so run centric that like, is it really that like, you know, are those opportunities going to be there on a week-to-week basis? But I think that there's going to be some bigger plays, and I think that he, you know, he he really was the third best receiver on that team, right? And, you know, when you look at Deontay Johnson, you look at even a rookie in George Pickens, to now you could argue, like, you know, he's battling with, with Darnell Mooney for the wide receiver one spot. So I, I think that this is a, a pretty good um, – you know, boost for Claypool, but I also think, you know, like you said, this is a boost for Fields, right? Like, I think this gives him another weapon. Um, and if you picked up Fields and planning to start him through this stretch where he gets, you know, Miami, Atlanta, Detroit, you know, you, you should feel good about this. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think it definitely helps Fields more than it helps Claypool himself. I think mm-hmm. Claypool helps the, the football team more. So, they can get more drives going downfield. It could, it could help the, the team as a whole for sure. Um, so I'm excited for them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then, you know, just briefly touch on it because it doesn't impact anything that happened this year. Just a move that I thought was interesting was the Jacksonville Jaguars trade for suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley. And the conditions on this are pretty interesting because – um, it's basically just a different series of conditions um, where the pick they sent two picks over, but one of them is a is a conditional fifth that can become that can go all the way to a a second round pick um, if basically Calvin Ridley signs an extension with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, definitely interesting. Again, not a move that helps the, the Jacksonville Jaguars in any way this year. Um, as Calvin Ridley is suspended indefinitely, but can apply for reinstatement in 2023. So if he can come back in 2023, you know, you're looking at a receiving corps that has, you know, Christian Kirk, you know, Zay Jones, and and, and now Calvin Ridley potentially. Uh, that's got to be good news for Trevor Lawrence dynasty managers. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence dynasty managers. Uh... Calvin Ridley dynasty managers. Um, so, yeah, it should be good. Hopefully, you know, uh, when they're all healthy, we can kind of get a, a clear packing order for for them and, you know, more consistency 
maybe Calvert Link, you know, can you know can get back to all that that wide receiver one level that he was doing in Atlanta. Yeah, that would be definitely nice. Um, and then this trade that you know was the biggest trade I think of the day in terms of the compensation that it yielded and you you know what it kind of means in the AFC is is the Miami Dolphins acquiring edge pass rusher Bradley Chubb from the Denver Broncos. Um, this is interesting on a couple fronts because, you know, the Miami Dolphins are essentially building, trying to build a super team. They're trying to make a run, you know, right now. Um, and so they go out, they get a pass rusher and Bradley Chubb. Um, the Denver Broncos who go out and make the move for Russell Wilson, you would think would want to keep a player like Bradley Chubb because they're in win now mode, but they're selling him, which, and they, there was talks that they were willing, you know, Judy was available as well, you know, amongst, you know, along with some other players. So seems like Denver kind of sees the writing on the wall in terms of their season, um, you know, having, you know, been to this point, let's call it what it is. It's been a failure. Um, you know, you, you go out, you acquire Russell Wilson, you make that trade. Um, you bring in Nathaniel Hackett, like the expectations were AFC championship game, Super Bowl, like the, those are the expectations. So, um, but this move is good for Miami. It's great for Miami, you know, get Bradley Chubb there. I know Greg, you have Bradley Chubb in, in our dynasty league. So, um, you know, you, you, you kind of were feeling all of this action that was, that was going yeah. on yesterday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Bradley Chubb. TJ Hawkinson, um, got a little Jeff Wilson, thought his career was his, well, not career, but like his season was over once they got McCaffrey, but he's going to get another opportunity in Miami. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, it was, it was nice. Um, hopefully, uh, the Zach Moss one is cool. Interesting too. Maybe, maybe James Cook can maybe kind of get some impact from that too. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I guess, circling back, you know, Chase Edmonds goes from Miami to Denver as part yep. of the Bradley Chubb deal. So now we've got a whole backfield mess in Denver because yeah. they said Edmonds will be the three down back. Um, Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray will continue to be co-starters. It's just a backfield that I want nothing to do with. No. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr., then goes from San Francisco to Miami because Miami had a need at running back now with Raheem Mostert really basically being the lead back there. It's 2019 49ers um, so again. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> All they need is Matt Breida and Word, the facts. <laughs> <laughs> Tevin Coleman, he's out there, right? So you yep, know, yep. um but they you know Mike McDaniel, the head coach for the Miami Dolphins, who was the, the run game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, calls his old friends over in San Francisco and is like, hey, I need a running back. Let's get Jeff Wilson in here. So, um, you know, like you said, you thought Jeff Wilson's season was done. I thanked him for his services uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and it looks like he's back, man. It's just, he's the new Frank Gore. My man will not die. <laughs> you can't kill him. So uh, Jeff Wilson – um, going to, to Miami, he's somebody that I would scoop up instantly um, because Raheem Mostert, you know, we know his injury history. Um, it's around the corner somewhere. 
so Jeff Wilson Jr., somebody you should definitely add. And then staying with the running backs, Naheem Hines, the longtime Indianapolis Colt, gets moved to Buffalo in exchange for a draft pick and running back Zach Moss. Um, so you said James Cook, hopefully he can get some work. I actually think the Hines acquisition caps that a little bit because I wanted Cook, James Cook, and we saw it on Sunday on Sunday night when he made that huge play in the pass game. Like the the path to playing time was, you know, getting work as a receiver with, you know, catching passes from Josh Allen. Now the Bills go out and they they trade for Naheem Hines. Like that's his specialty. So yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah, I think the what this does mean though is that if Devin Singletary does suffer some kind of injury, God forbid, that James Cook, like Naheem Hines isn't going to be the new sec first and second down back. And there's no Zach Moss to, to take that opportunity. So James Cook's going to get some work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty much it from all the fancy relevant trades that occurred. So yeah. you get a 33-minute pod here. Um, so, you know, definitely appreciate y'all for tapping in and vibing with us. Um, and um, then make sure you come in on Saturday to check out the, the breakdown of the remaining slate of games as well as starts of the week. I'm going to go to sleep now. So everybody uh, have a good one. Enjoy your Wednesday, Thursday, whatever you're listening to. And make sure you put those bets in. I'm talking to you, Greg, because we know you'd be forgetting. Word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg, anything else you want to say to the people before we close this out? Uh, no, nah, man. Uh, hopefully, everyone get those lineups ready and get ready for week nine. We're getting close to that playoff time, man. It's getting close. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. Have a good one, everybody. And we are out of here. Peace. Yeah.